Hello, I'm Kristen McDonald, and welcome back to Second Vision. Today we're going to talk about how you can create more positive energy in your life, both physically, mentally, spiritually, and emotionally. And I have the perfect person for that. Glenn Cornish is a a nationally award-winning educator for over 25 years. He's a producer. He's an engineer, instructional designer, presenter. There's not much that Glenn can't do. (laughs) And over the years, Glenn has actually been creating a second vision for himself as a result of a near-death experience at age five. And because of this experience, Glenn went within and started studying every different philosophy and religion and delved into psychology and health and nutrition to better himself, to find out why he's on the planet, how he can make a, a better life for himself and help others. And out of this was born the Citified Monk Handbook, as well as Citified Energetics that can be found on iTunes. And Glenn has so many wonderful credentials, I could barely enumerate all of them. He's even worked with Quincy Jones on the, I think, the 1984 Olympics on the music right. theme. And He's just a, a terrific guy, and he's actually uh, a wonderful friend in my life who helped me to learn Tai Chi because some some of the things that he was doing in the different uh, philosophies and religions and learned for himself were different forms of meditation, Tai Chi, uh, Qigong, and so forth. So today we're going to talk about his wonderful handbook and learn some tips on how you too can better yourself both mentally, spiritually, and physically. Welcome, Glenn. Thank you. Thank you very much. Nice, beautiful day in Los Angeles, and uh, just got through doing my morning routine, so to speak, so ready to uh, get going. So, uh, Well, I actually did some chai, some Qigong myself this morning, so how about that? Hey, great. Yeah, good, good. Yeah. How does it make you feel overall? Uh, fantastic. I mean, it, it's really a wonderful practice, and I, I can't wait to get into, you know, to talking more about it today, but there's so much to cover. First, tell us about the book and what prompted you to write it, and a little bit more as we go on about this near-death experience that, that changed your whole life. Yeah, the the book has been, I wrote it probably in about a week, about two and a half, maybe three years ago, and um, it just got released about two months ago. And what prompted it was uh, I was doing some work in Santa Monica in a principal at a school last week. I think, I don't know, my age was maybe 49 or something like that. And I just had my birthday, and, she, and that came up. She goes, wow, you look fantastic for, for your age. What are you doing? And I said, well, it's kind of hard to explain. And she goes, well, give me something, you know, something. And I said, well, just drink some lemon water every day. And then that kind of got me started that, well, maybe I should write this stuff down that, I, that I've been doing for a very long time, uh, various things for a very long time. And the reason it took so long to write it, well, actually release it, is because once it was written, I was like, well, I don't think anybody's really going to do this stuff. You know, it's, it's, it's uh, a lot of stuff uh, over the years that I've come up with and studied with people. Uh, so I kind of sat on it, and I, at one point I was like, I'll just give it, keep it within the family, which is the traditional way in, in Kung Fu and certain uh, internal martial arts. You would just keep it within the family, the secrets within the family. And then as I started to do more research in the health area, uh, what's happening now in our, our world, I realized, well, these secrets, ancient secrets, a lot of them are, they need to be released uh, on some level. And I just... It took me a long time to actually rewrite them, uh, rewrite it because it didn't feel like a handbook. It was I had references to, and quotes 
and things about my personal life that led up to some of these exercises and and uh, nutritional things. And so I just sat on it and sat on it and said, something doesn't feel right. Uh, it wasn't until I spent about three months uh, pretty well isolated in uh, South Lake Tahoe in Nevada that it just hit me. And I rewrote the chapter, the first chapter especially, took out any reference to myself, any references to some of the people I studied with, uh, quotes and things of that nature. And then I went, now this is a handbook. It's kind of like a, uh, hand, a handbook that you get for the Boy Scouts. And it's just tips and tips and tips. And, and if you do them, you do. If you don't, you don't. Now, some of these grandmasters that you studied with, one is is 104. Is that correct? Uh, well, no, actually, he's a Zen master. I guess you can call him a grandmaster. That name is generally not assigned to Zen people. Uh-huh. But he, he died, uh, I think, about almost two years ago. He died at 107. Yes, old. I remember because we I remember you telling me about it. And I met him, I think he was 103, and we got along right away. Um, I, I was not a student of his, per se, but some, our energy just kind of clicked. And uh, I studied Zen on my own for, for a long time. It's a funny story. I was living up north, and um, I, just, it was, I gravitated to it right away. And I was a little too lazy to get up at 2 in the morning to drive to San Francisco to meet a master, uh, a Zen master, to get formally trained. So, uh, but I kept doing it myself and studying all the, the reference books and you know, the, the ancient texts. And uh, when I met him, we just got along right away. And um, he invited me to all of his special events and his birthday parties. And and so I knew a lot about the tradition of Zen training through my readings. And um, so I kind of felt right at home. Now, wasn't one of his secrets drinking sake? Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure if it was a secret, but uh, definitely he didn't drink when I met him. I guess he, he had given it up. But yes, it was a funny story. The first the, the, the first time that I was invited uh, through a friend of mine to, to meet, it was on New Year's Day. And there's a, uh, I can't remember the name of the ceremony particularly, but the Zen, at least uh, everybody celebrates New Year's Day, but there's a particular ceremony. So I was told to get there and meet, you know, about 5.30 or something like that in the morning. And we started at 6 with uh, meditation and, and chants and certain things of that nature. And what's typically found not only in uh, Zen but Tibetan and Taoist traditions and, and other traditions like that is once you go through the ceremonial part, then there's what's called a Dharma talk, where the, in this case, uh, this uh, very old Zen master... Uh, comes out and just kind of talks, and he was so cool right away. He was very short, um, uh, kind of looks like Yoda, uh, and just started. He speaks in, he still is, is being translated from Japanese, and just talking about various things. It was New Year's Day, very festive, and so these teacups were there, and I thought they were you know, for tea, and at some point, it was okay, come around. and it was sake. You know, we're drinking sake at like 7:30 in the morning. And what I learned from him more than anything else was to enjoy your life. Uh, and I'll, I'll go one step further. Live the city fight. You, know, you can party and have fun, but stay aware. Um, so the, after doing the chants and, and the, the traditional things, uh, we were we had sake, and um, but I, and then we had breakfast. Generally, in breakfast, then in the Zen tradition, you don't speak um, when you have breakfast, and that's just to focus on what you're eating and, and keep keep that presence going. 
But uh, he broke that rule right away and said, oh, yeah, we're going to speak uh, talk. And more sake was flowing. Um, so uh, it was fun. And, and then I started to do research in the sake. I, uh, and it has a lot, a, lot, a lot of the amino acids the body needs. Um, so health-wise, I went one step further and said, what's up with the sake stuff? It's actually a very, very um, powerful drink, um, not only in the alcohol realm. It's a different kind of alcohol realm. But also for, for the needs of the body, it's actually quite quite um, healthy. Well, he must have been doing something right to live till 107. So with, yeah. Now, now let's let's go back a step um, because I mentioned this near death experience just so people understand and and ah. you can share what you're comfortable with. But at age five, many of us don't even have memories of what's happened at, at age five. Although I, I remember, of course, you know, when I was very little, you know, major things like Kennedy being shot and that sort of thing. But um, but tell us what what happened and, and what was it like and and how did it why did it follow you so intensely uh, throughout your life? Yeah, this is um, it an seems to have had a very thing. positive um, outcome. Well, it was a blessing and a curse. <laughs> um, I'm sure. Basically. Uh, at an early age, I almost lost my life. Uh, super high fever. The doctors couldn't figure it out. And um, at that time, doctors used to come to your home, and, and, and they said, well, you have to start dipping him in alcohol to cool him down. And all I remember really specific, specifically what happened was my mom laid me down on her bed, and I had this, what I thought was a dream, um, where I saw myself simultaneously on the ceiling, and looking at myself on the bed at mm-hmm. both directions and being pulled. Um, pulled to what? You know, there was no white lights or anything like that, but I just uh, felt that. And I remember just screaming, no! And So scary. I don't know it was scary. I just, you know, it was like, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, but when I, uh, I woke up in a huge sweat and, and uh, my mom ran in the room and... Um, Ironically, and that remained I, a vivid memory. Well, the, yeah, I remember. Um, I just brought this up to you about when I, about maybe five years ago. She said, "You remember that?" And I said, "It changed my entire existence." Yeah, because what, what happened is I had dreams after that, but nothing so. And so I went into like, what was that? And really, I mean, that's yeah, at that age, my whole life had changed. I was now studying clouds and 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 just. Everything interests me. So while and I was also, I played a lot, but I was really now in this certain research mode um, to the point where I, I did bring it up to a, kind of to a teacher in the sixth grade, but I just described it as a dream. I had these vivid dreams. I didn't really go into detail. And she gave me a book on dreams. Uh, yeah, it was in the sixth grade. Fascinating because I started to research what was that. It, it was not like any other dream I've ever had. And... Um, I remember writing up, typing up this report with an old typewriter and you know, all about dreams, all the stages of dreams. And so I learned that in the sixth grade, and they had to call home. They called my house and said, did you help him? And I, I put it in this nice binder, you know, college thing, called my parents. Did you help him type this up? Did you, like, help him? Said, oh, no, he spent all weekend at the crazy typewriter typing it up. And one thing led to another. I just kept investigating what was that. I don't. It was. I was driven to match the energy, believe it or not. I wanted to to see 
Now, when you say, because I was a little confused by that, you wanted to match the energy. I mean, it makes sense to me that you wanted to delve inside spiritually, mentally, physically. But what do you mean you wanted to match the energy? To, well, as I, as, to as I started to study, the power of it, or the yeah, yeah. Basically, I didn't want to go through that. that spirit is it, or, I'll fast forward a little bit, and I'll get to I'll get to your question. So it went on for a while. I was studying all these things and psychology through high school. Uh, met, uh, I got into uh, quantum mechanics, just drawn to things, and things were coming to me. And it wasn't until I had a psychology class in college that we were talking about our dreams. I I shared that dream for the first time in detail, and my instructor, uh, professor in psychology, said, oh, you had a near-death experience, and I never really heard that before, you know, like, what? And he's like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, but over the years, the, as I got older, I was like, that was one of the most powerful experiences that I had in my life, and I wanted to match it. In other words, it, it, it changed me. I wanted to, it was energy, it was energy and I didn't want to die or go through that again mm-hmm. to figure it out. So I started to um, experiment with, with prayer and, uh, and meditation and things of that nature. When I first meditated, I did it so wrong. I had a migraine headache, so I gave that up for about 10 years. Um, now, what did you do wrong the first time? <laughs> <laughs> I want to know so I don't do it. <laughs> yeah. There's this book. I don't know where I found it. Once again, these books are finding me or are finding them and... and um, I think it was in 11th grade. And it was like, oh, cool, meditation. It's like, oh, focus on you know, certain parts of your body, really, you know, put your mind to it. I guess I focused too hard to the point where I had the first and only migraine headache I ever had. You know, certain parts of your body, I don't remember specifically all of it, but like your foot or, you know, just be aware of your body, basically. And I did that for two or three days and I got this migraine headache. Said, this is not for me. You know, not going to work for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> so... Yeah, life just went on, but I was always investigating everything. And um, you know, to yeah, you studied I, Buddhism, Taoism, Darwinism. I mean, all of it. You're, you're, you could, you could teach any of it yourself after speaking to you so many times. Uh, do you, yeah, that came do you later. consider yourself? Uh, do you follow any one specific uh, of these practices? Great, great, great question, which which leads to the title of the book. Uh, over the years, uh, as I studied these things, I gravitated towards certain ones, of course. Um, and I end up meeting grandmasters and, and masters in all of them. Uh, I have a lineage uh, in Tibetan Buddhism that was granted to me by a lama from India um, and in Taoism as well, and the Zen master, and, and even uh, esoteric Christianity, these things. And so people were asking me all the time, well, what religion are you? What religion are you? We see you with these people, and you must be Buddhist. And people were convinced I was something, something. And I kept saying, well, they're all cool. I don't really adhere to any of them. And I remember getting a little irritated with people trying to put, put a label on me. And that's kind of what I felt they were doing. Because once they say, oh, you're Buddhist, and like, okay, you're like this. And, but they didn't know there were different branches of Buddhism. So I don't know, I was at a party or something, and, and I knew it was going to come up because it usually does. Well, knew a little bit about my background. Oh, well, I heard you're a Taoist, or I heard you're a Buddhist. And I just, now I'm a city fight monk. And you could see their, their, their spinning, you know, like, what the heck is that? Right. Said, this, this works. Because now it's kind of like what, what it was kind of like a little koan or, or a little puzzle that they couldn't put a label on it. Like, we never heard what that is. And it stuck. 
And that's kind of what I call myself. I call myself a city side monk, which is sort um, of a combination of all of the above that you've and and things that I've learned on my own that that don't fit into any kind of uh, standard thinking. Right now, now through this, you started also practicing different forms of Tai Chi and Qigong, which you know I was the wonderful recipient of that. You you um, you taught me, uh, you know, how to do Qigong, which has, you know, I've really kept that in my back pocket, you know, for stressful times, and I should actually do it on a daily basis, but I, I do do it regularly, and I really enjoy it, and it just relaxes and aligns the whole body. It does. Uh, I started martial arts when I was uh, about 10, and obviously uh, for two reasons. One, I kind of grew up in the hood of L.A., uh, and then Bruce Lee. I mean, uh I was a total fan of Bruce Lee, so uh, it was one thing led to another, and I started in Hapkido, which is a uh, free. Yes, I know what Hapkido is, martial, yeah. form of martial arts. And once again, uh, I got I, I when I could focus, uh, I still attribute it to a lot of things that happened early in my life, and they wanted me to go into competition. And it's like you're really good, and, and I just felt that wasn't the path for me. I remember the instructor, my mom. Like, this guy really, he's really good. And, and I said, no, and that's not what I'm here for. I didn't know what I was there for, but I knew that it wasn't going to be fighting other people. Um, so I, I've always been doing a form of martial arts since 11, on and off. And the, the real power of martial arts, there's the external and the internal. Internal is what most people know, karate, uh, kung fu, um, those kind of things, really kicking and punching, you know, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but the real, uh, the, the masters of old would not teach you the real, real power behind martial arts, which is the internal martial arts, like Tai Chi, uh, which is um, a derivative of Qigong. When you build up your internal energy um, and, and maximize your organs uh, for not only, you can use it for health reasons, but if you were to do the external martial arts, you could, we've all heard stories or maybe even seen where, uh, a very old master, 80 years old, just pushes a guy 10 or 15 feet back. Um, they wouldn't really, in the old days, they wouldn't show you this because uh, you could use it for the wrong reason. So that kind of came up with, I started, I, I've always loved Tai Chi. Just looking at it was just remarkably beautiful. And um, I started studying that. Now, well, now, one of the benefits, too, for our listeners, because I'm, mm-hmm. I'm vision impaired and some of our listeners are also vision impaired, is that it helps your posture. And that was one reason why we started working together, because, right. you know, uh, because of the cane and everything had um, impacted on my posture. And it, it's really been beneficial, you know, that and ballet right. and some other things that yeah. I've been doing. And it's different than yoga. You don't have to really take a strenuous class. You can do it in your own home. You know, stretching, breathing, and really does have wonderful benefits. Wonderful. Yeah, I, rem- I remember that now. Um, we we had talked, and you were, as usual, you were very exploratory as well. And I said, well, I can show you a few things um, to basically align your, uh, get your posture aligned, which is a big problem now with people staring at computers and, and phones. Oh, all um, of us. My God, our iPhones, texting, right, everything. Right. It, 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 and, you know, when you're looking down, you're, you know, heads are down and that puts pressure on, on different parts mm-hmm. of the spine. But, yeah, I remember working with you specifically, and I remember giving you a walking test. I said, let's just mm-hmm. see you walk. And you're like, why do you want to see me walk? And I said, well, I just want to see you walk. And um, I said, okay, we, we, we need to work on your walking a little bit. Could you tell me, because of your impairment, that 
because um, I usually bump into things, and which is oh yeah, calamity, calamity, Kristen. I was I was walking right. like Herman Munster sometimes, <laughs> <laughs> and I remember specifically giving you two things: one, we worked on on your alignment of your spine, and two, that that is uh, uh, what's called heel to toe walking, which is actually a Zen practice as well, but um, uh, it, it goes in Qigong and Tai Chi where you intentionally, once your alignment is correct, you intentionally walk with your heel first to your toe. And that's actually a, a form of um, reflexology as well or acupuncture because, because the foot is very powerful with the nerves. And we walk Yes, many feet. women don't do it too with the high heels and oh, oh, heels are, wedge shoes heels. and everything. They'll just well, kill your they posture. Look great. Oh, yeah, they look great, right. trust me. But right. as far as posture, and I remember we worked on that for quite a while. And uh, I remember you coming back saying, hey, you know, um, it's working. It's like I'm not bumping into things as much, and and uh, and I feel really grounded. And that was the whole point: is to get you grounded. Um, so that well, the thing is, once you do it for a while, then you can pull yourself back and say, "Oh, you can catch yourself." And even if you do ten minutes of exercises, you can feel that invisible thread, you know, exactly. from the ceiling and the the sky right down to the, uh, you know, to China to or wherever yeah. it is down there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, through the crown of your head to your spine to your feet. Yeah, yes, exactly. Yes, exactly. and you said exactly. you've you've worked with people where it's helped all sorts of different health conditions, right? Their back, their their spleen, their knees, their everything. Yeah, um, everything. Uh, recently, I just came back from uh, helping a friend of mine uh, in in Nevada, actually, who, like a lot of people nowadays, uh, are eating nutritionally very bad and. Um, are hooked on some kind of form of uh, antidepressants. And so they called me up and said, hey, you know, we did these exercises years ago. I think we need to do them again. Well, before we do the exercises, I think it's, um, like I did with you, just kind of go over things that you eat and drink. And um, without giving too many details, I, I said, well, we're going to start with your nutrition first. And they went, what? And I said, yeah, because you're, you're, you're eating horribly. And I mentioned that in the book that it's great doing all these exercises, and, and whether it's yoga, whether, whatever you do, it's great. Uh, just moving, your, uh, getting your blood moving. But uh, if you avoid nutrition, it's like putting. Um, it's like. Oh my God! It's a, you have to have the right gas in the car. I mean. Exactly, exactly, and and, and I found that out. I've always it's always eaten pretty well, but it really came hit home when, like everybody else, sometimes you get out of alignment with yourself. And, uh, I was not eating as well as I used to and wondering why I was always kind of lethargic and even though I was exercising and doing all those other things. So give us some I, of your nut- your great nutritional tips. Oh, my gosh. I, I'm not a doctor, everybody, so I'll tell you that straight up front. <laughs> That's <laughs> but, the disclaimer. Yeah, disclaimer. But uh, one of the things that I'll definitely say is uh, drinking uh, uh, warm lemon tea, which is an Arabic uh, uh, thing uh, in the morning if you can. The cleanse. Um, yeah, yeah, it's also yeah, good yeah. for skin and hair too, isn't it? And oh, everything. It's great. Yeah, lemon water. Uh, blueberries um, are fantastic brain food. Um, I just had them in my blender this morning with some spinach and arugula and kale, banana, avocado. That's always my breakfast. Exactly. I mean, so if we have that brain fog or, or whatever that a lot of people have nowadays, uh, at least I've, a lot of people have told me to have. But blueberries is a great uh, brain food. Um, avoid sugar. Uh, this is one, oh, of yeah. hardest, one of the hardest things to do because it's in everything. It's in milk, believe it or not. Um, if you drink milk, it's, you know, traditional milk, you look on the back of it, they add sugar. It's everywhere. And they have this, these great dairy alternatives like almond milk, you know, in the blender and stuff, right. which is and great. you still got to be careful with those because, you know, if you get, you know, look and see if they added sugar. 
It's oh, anywhere. yeah, yeah. And this is the main cause, in my opinion, of course, um, of a lot of problems, a lot of problems. It's, 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 uh, and then um, if you can avoid eating breads um, as well, because breads are turned to sugar. Yeah, so think of it that way. If you're eating sugar, it's okay to have a little bit of anything, of course, but if you realize how much is added to everything, you are Sugar eating, and flour. Yeah, it's, it, it all turns to sugar. You know, mm-hmm. if you're a bread eater, turns, and if you drink wine or beers, that's sugar. And so, um, it, once again, this Qigong, Qigong uh, and meditation and prayer are fantastic for your spiritual world, but uh, you're always going to hit a ceiling if you're not paying attention to what you're eating. Mhm, mhm. Just it, it, it became so clear to me, um, probably about five or six years ago, that it, it took me about a year and a half to clean up my systems. And I'm still, it's, it's you're still constantly doing it, but that's when everything flew for me. And I started to match this energy at, at, at the risk of sounding woo woo um, that I felt at five when I had the, the death experience. I started, oh, that's okay. wonderful. Yeah, it's wonderful. And also, getting back to nature seems to be something that's pretty paramount in your life. Tell us why. Um, That happened also when I was very young. Uh, I I thought the only place, like when I was eight years old, that had silver trees was Canada. I was like, okay, I'm just going to get a DW van, do the hippie thing, and go go to Canada, because that's the only place I had trees. So there was something intrinsic. In, in that for me, you know, something that was drawn to it. And, you would have changed your mind in the winter. My family lives in Canada. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Oh, I have a mind cold. Uh, I oh, it's cold my, there. Yeah. Um, well, you know, maybe, maybe I'll still do that. I, I actually have not. I have been to parts of Canada, but not, not as I imagined. But, yeah, um, the, the way I look at nature and the way it's helped me is, the Earth has an electromagnetic field of its own, and um, I think we've gotten out of touch with that. I think the, the ancient Indians are probably uh, Native American Indians, and, and probably all over, uh, Natives all over, and said that we have to stay in contact with our planet. Um, so that electromagnetic energy, science has proven over and over, it, it helps protect us. It helps keep certain gamma rays and, and radiation rays from killing us. And nature uh, is the return of that original, our original nature. We're all bound by the earth, whether we like it or not. And so it, it has just helped me tremendously to, to uh, find this, uh, for lack of a better word, probably the true word, electromagnetic energy that um, helps to ground me. And, um, and as I work on my, my own, you know, cleaning out my organs and doing these exercises, uh, elevate me. So yeah, you know a little bit about me. I spend uh, sometimes many days on islands by myself. Yeah. Walking, walking 10 to 12 miles a day. And people like, and they see me afterwards. They're like, whoa, you, they feel like a, what happened to you? And I started to look at it scientifically because if I was to tell them the experience from a religious or a, a metaphysical thing, then I think half of them would run away. Um, and so, yeah, the negative but it's a good ions. tip for everyone listening that you, they may not want to go away for a month in the woods, but but no. just getting quiet, I mean, getting quiet, and getting getting a walk outside or being alone, and yeah. and and you know, tuning out the world, uh, you know, all the ruckus. I mean, one of my other questions was, how do you find 
how do you stay so centered and happy and spiritual in a in a in a time where we have alleged corrupt politicians, we have ISIS, we oh, have violence, gosh. we have so many things, and that's of course a whole other subject. But I mean, for your own personal mental and physical health, how do you react to that, or what do you do? Do you tune it out? No, you can't tune it out. Otherwise, you're you're um... You, you can just be ignorant of what really what's going on. But yeah, of course. Once again, back, back to the nature part of it, once you start to, to feel grounded and, and get to the electromagnetic energy of, that surrounds us, um, you start to find your own frequency. You start to um, connect. Find your own, yeah, your own tone, your own vibration. And that's the key. That's really the key. Once you feel like this peaceful, whatever it is, for every, you know, it's different for different people, but they feel grounded probably the best way. Now you have to um, uh, exercise that as much as possible. And that's one another reason why I was going to these islands and things of that nature, because it, it, for many years I couldn't, I couldn't internally get it right. And right. so once you, once you internally get it right, then, then you can go out into the world and do whatever you want. So meditation should, like prayer, should go with you everywhere. It shouldn't be uh, yeah. in the beginning. Yes, we have to, you know, pick our place and our time. But as you and get that's when the it, answers come. That's when yeah. we have our most creative thoughts and our answers exactly. to our dilemmas. And uh, you know, when we're too much caught up in the day-to-day busyness and stressful activities, and and just uh, not getting quiet, I think that's when I have problems. That's when I get caught up. Well, and I, I can't, yeah, can't find answers. I, the quiet's from within. So in the beginning, we have to find quiet without, you know, in other words, that's why I was going to these islands and, and people picked it. But once you, once again, once you get that frequency, once you get that, you're connected with yourself, whatever that means for each individual, because I'm a firm believer there's 7 billion people on the planet and there's probably 7 billion different ways to connect uh, eternally. So, but once you find that, you could be in the midst of a nightmare, and I, uh, which is, we're both in Los Angeles and there's a lot of things going on. But you know what to do internally, and so it doesn't have a bigger impact on you. And um, I think that's that's the key. But it does take some time, and it takes a lot of experimentation. But once you get it, it's like practicing the piano, right? When you if you just start off, mm-hmm. you're not going to be that good, or maybe mm-hmm. you are. You know, maybe you maybe a prodigy. Uh, but once you keep practicing, practicing, it's oh, it's getting a little easier, a little easier. And I've been doing this on and off. Uh, well, pretty much on, but, you know, this period where I got lazy for about 25-plus years, and, and you get kind of good at it. But you, um, the the better you get at it, then there's more to learn. You know, so it's like a never-ending process. Of course. Well, tell us a little bit more about your uh, the um, the latest handbook, Citified Energetics, so we oh, can, you know, we okay, can yeah. uh, tell people it's on iTunes because we're winding down, and the Citified yeah. Monk handbook, and what's in it, and and yeah. um, how they can benefit well, from it. Well, the City 5 Monk Handbook originally was going to have some of the exercises uh, within it, and it's available on iTunes and uh, Amazon.com. Now, when you say exercises, are you going to have the Qigong in there or Tai Chi? I, or, or Originally, originally, I had some, some exercise, yeah, particular exercises to, uh, that was going to be part of the handbook. But the, the book, when you look at it, it's, it's very lush. I put a lot of great pictures that, that I shot and worked with a, a few other um, I want it to be different. And somebody said, well, you can make it like a coffee book, you know, a table, a table book, and whatever those things are, picture books. And it, it was designed that way. It's very interactive, um, especially through the iTunes. I, I designed it for the iPad specifically. Um, but when I 
I realized the book would be too massive and too large as a download if I started doing exercise and videos. Then it would be probably would never come out. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, So I stripped most, I stripped all of the exercises out of the book. I mentioned some some uh, things that you can try, um, but there's no pictures or anything. And that's where Cityfy Energetics was born. Was no, excuse well, me. Are these e-books too? Like if someone was vision impaired and we went on to get it on uh, iTunes. They're e- yeah, they're e-books. They're, 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 they're e-books. E-books. Okay, great. So the they're, computer they're, could read it. Yeah. Yes, there are no uh, hard copies out there um, yet. And I don't. I don't even plan that. If somebody wants to do it, fine. But, no, you should yeah, think I'm, about getting it on audible.com, you know, because you have a great voice. You're, I mean, you're a speaker yourself and get on well, there. I owe you that it. favor because you told me you were the first, one of the first people I told you I was writing the book. And you said, well, that's great, but, you know, um, I'm visually impaired. Can you make a podcast or something? And I promised you to do that. So I will do that. So great. I like to, I Wonderful. Like promises. Um, so Energetics was born uh, out of the City Fight Monk Handbook. And Energetics, City Fight Energetics, are the exercises specifically. And a lot of these exercises, people ask, can you put them on DVD? Can you show me? It's really difficult. Um, you could do that, but if you haven't been trained properly by a, a good instructor, at least for a very short period of time, um, how to stand, like working with you, because you, you, you understand it, it would be very difficult to, to put some of those things in a video unless you've had a little experience with, with somebody that's been... Um, sure, sure. Uh, so energetics is the uh, exercises alone. And so we have meetups. I have meetups at Marina Del Rey, Huntington Beach, Ventura. That kind of, it's open to the public. We do it in a park and have fun. Um, and then those that want to go further, uh, they can learn some of these ancient... Um, so there's no know. charge for it. You're doing meetups. and Yeah, there's no charge. I mean, yeah, I suggested donations like $5. But if people right. don't want to pay right. that, I don't, I don't really care. Sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's no charge, and, and uh, come out and meet other people. And, and it's, I don't really get into, like, what we did. I was showing you specific forms, but people say, hey, I have, a, I have hip problems or whatever, and I'll show them, um, you know, simple exercise like standing in a doorway or a tree to sell item cells or certain things like that. So it's a lot of fun. Um, I just did one in Marina Del Rey last Sunday. We'll probably do one in Huntington Beach or Ventura this Sunday. And uh, I'll start posting them uh, on the website and and maybe even do the the meetup. um, But, yeah, it's just – and the book is is on its own. So the the book, the tips in there – oh, by the way, if you just – anybody that goes to iTunes or Amazon, they have the first chapter you have access to. There's there's, – if you do one exercise, there's 10 exercises listed. And I I say people try them for 90 days straight because you'll get the maximum benefit. Right, right. Um, if you just did one of the 10 and every 90 days, it would take you two and a half years just to complete the first chapter. Oh, my goodness. So it's free. It's incredible. Free. All this knowledge yeah. and, thing, you know, things you've been doing for years, sharing it with people like that for, you know, minimal, no cost and everything. It's really wonderful of you, you know. Well, even if they go to iTunes and don't buy the book, which, is, you know, it's, it's very uh, inexpensive. I made it that way. They oh, I know 10. that. I meant with your meetups. That's what I was referring oh, to. Oh, meetups, you know? too. And, and how do they, how do people find the meetups? Is that on your website? And let's give people your website too. Oh, uh, it's uh, www.cityfightenergetics.org. Oh, uh, sorry, .com. Okay. Um, and right now they're not posted there. They can just shoot me an email and say, "Hey, where's your next meetup?" Um, and and 
you know, just shoot me an email on it. I like to respond. At some point, I'll probably start posting there. Um, but it's, now, weren't it's, you just interviewed in Forbes magazine too? Did you tell me that? Me? Oh boy, I wish I was. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought you. No. I thought you wrote to me and said I had an interview with Forbes. Okay, my oh, it must no, have been my no. voice. I was. I was. I was in a uh, invited to a webinar with with one of the editors from Forbes. So no, it had nothing to do with me. Um, right. 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 Okay. Okay. That's fine. Hey, one of these days soon. We'll see what happens. Yeah. That's right. That's right. How's the book doing now? Uh, doing pretty well. I I, I um, stopped staring at computers. Um, as you know, as an instructor, a digital media instructor, traveling the country, uh, I I spent all my well, a great deal of my life looking at computers. I made commercials. I did all these kind of things. And one of the things, as I started to find my my frequency as a instructor, I, uh, I don't like looking at computers for long periods anymore. It actually mm-hmm. kind of kind of messes with my vibe. It strains your eyes and well, not that part. It's just I'm more nature bound. I'm not a, I'm not a granola guy that way, but I just right right. Um, like when I was writing the book and finishing up the chapter and making all these e glass, I spent an immense amount of time with the computer, and it wore me out. And you sure. gotta understand what Wi-Fi, the computer itself, all these were electromagnetic energies. And, oh, I know, I know. Um, so. I don't, I mean, I just get these residuals, you know, from, from iTunes and, and Amazon is a little different. They hold money for a while. Um, so I don't really go in and check how it's doing. And, and actually, that, that I did in the beginning, and I was like, oh, I'm going to be right back at, like, right. you look all the, you look at all the analytics and all that stuff. Like, nah, you know, I, I, didn't even, I didn't even market it. I just put it out there. And, I have no now, question with the positive energy that you're putting out to the, the universe that it won't come <laughs> back to you. <laughs> well, people now like you, it's so funny. I have to tell, tell your listeners, it's so funny. I, I just put it out there. I didn't think about marketing. I didn't, yeah. uh, it did kind of cross my mind, but I think it just needs to be released. And like I said, it's been about two months now. And I come to L.A. about a month ago. didn't tell anybody, really. I was coming here. And then you call me and say, hey, I got a radio show. And it's like, wait a minute. And then another person says, yeah, hey, I got a radio show, a podcast. Can you come and talk about your book? And I'm like, well, I guess well, it, not, it, not marketing it works. <laughs> you need to share it. It's a wonderful message, you know, and, and we're winding down now. Uh, but I did, I wanted to just mention one thing, too. You're also a vegetarian, aren't you, when we were talking about nutrition? I, you know, it's, uh, yes, for the most part, I am. It's always You're not vegan. Very- you're vegetarian. Actually, I'm kind of uh, in in between there. I do eat meat every now and again. Uh, uh-huh. I, I, I can't. Good, you're human. You cheat. <laughs> I, yeah, but I cheat consciously. So, and I go with my body. I, I was on a Mediterranean diet for a great deal of my life because both of my um, previous marriages they were from the Mediterranean area. So, uh, so I can't say. So, if somebody sees me eating a piece of chicken, then you know, then right. Right, but but I am. That's uh, I would say I'm ninety ninety percent ninety five percent vegan vegetarian. And yeah, yeah, then, yeah. Oh. You're truly healthy, and it shows. So there you go. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And what about you? Are you how, how are you doing in that area? I know that I pretty much follow the Mediterranean diet uh, pretty closely. Just not even trying to. You know, just a lot of right. fish and uh, lentils or legumes and salads and uh, smoothies and uh, things like that. I try to keep white flour. I mean, I do, I'll have beef a few times a year, you know, if it's served to me and it's really good, right. uh, once or twice a year. And I do eat some chicken, but I have a lot of vegetarian lunches and dinners now too, a lot of beans, salads for lunches or soups, and I feel good. 
feel really good. Well, and, of I course, the smoothies. I, I just eliminate white flour and sugar Yeah, as much I as I can. I have a quick story for you. I have a quick story mm-hmm. for you. And this is uh, something that um, actually Quincy Jones misses to, to me. It, try, to, try to eat what the locals eat when you travel. And so this is one reason why I'm not so stringent with, with, uh, with, with not eating meat, but I eat very small pieces because I, I went to a Fourth of July party. I haven't seen a friend in probably 30 years. And I brought my own food, of course. My, all my friends know I bring my own food. They think I'm weird that way. But mm-hmm. they, they, they made such an extravagant um, meal. You know, I mean, just, just amazing. And, and I was like, they were like, wow, oh, okay, well, you don't eat this. And I said, I'll have a little bit. And they went, well, we thought you didn't eat this. It just pays respect. They went through all the time to do this. I mean, I didn't know that. And maybe even before I would have said, hey, I don't really eat meat, but... I just had a little piece, and just to show the respect, thank you for for doing this, you know. For, sure, for, sure. And then we got uh, my friend's wife was like, "Well, I think it's amazing you don't eat meat." And I said, yeah, "How did you do that?" And I said, "It's not easy." And she goes, "Why are you doing it now?" I said, "Because you spent hours." And so the, having a little piece is not going to kill me. Right, um, right. And, and that's that's kind of uh, one of the first everything things in moderation. Like, yeah, exactly. And one of the first yeah. things I write in my book is there are no rules. And as long as you're not eating at Pink's Hot Dogs every day. But, you know, Aaron Spelling lived till after 85 or he was 86, and I used to work with him for, for 10, 11 years. And that man, he had a chef. He could have eaten anything, and he used to go to Pink's Hot Dogs every single day. So who knows, right? Pink's he lasted dogs, a long good. time. Yeah, they're good hot dogs. <laughs> that was his I mean, favorite. His driver would take him, take him there. And then my, his, his partner, my boss, uh, Duke Vincent, would say, whisper to me, wonder when the last time was they cleaned the pot. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's another story. Nowadays, we don't know what's in the food. Do you, that's the no. reason why I'm staying away from a lot of these foods. Cause it's like, yeah, but you have so to have fun once in a while. You know, oh, you have to sure. have some, like, uh, you know, anyway. So, listen, we're, we're running down out of time, but I wanted to thank you so much. Such a pleasure. And for all the people listening, I want to, Glenn, please share your website again, the name of the book, and, um, and any last nutritional or health philosophical things you want to say, and we'll close. Um, the, the book is the City Fight Monk Handbook, um, and uh, the website is cityfightenergetics.com. And the only thing I can say is is be healthy and live your life and have fun. Uh, you don't have to follow anybody else's uh, rhythm or frequency. Find your own, and things kind of come together at that point. That's beautiful. Beautiful. And I am going to check out the book myself. And thank you, everyone, for listening today. You've been with Kristen McDonald with Second Vision and my guest, Glenn Cornish. I hope you uh, look on iTunes for the Citified Energetics Handbook. And I hope you have a blessed day. Thanks for listening. Citified Monk Handbook. Citified Monk Handbook. Thank you. Okay. (laughs) Bye.